0: Go to CloudOptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's CloudOptimizer.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs>
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the rebranded, once again, probably for the third, fourth time, Hammer and Rails podcast. I am your host, Andrew. I go by Jumbo Heroes on the website.
0: I'm Casey Bartley. I go by Casey Bartley because I don't need a nickname.
1: A shot's fired already, so yes. we're off to a great start. And uh just want to say Jumbo Heroes was the name of my old site because of the great Jumbo Heroes things that were on the uh, big screen back in my college days. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. They were great. It went with When Worlds Collide, Power Man 5000. Gotta love it. That's the definitive Purdue intro for football to me. So before, I more mean
0: three of those words.
1: I, you know, I figured uh, I'm older than you, so I'm I'm your elder. <laughs> so you have to listen to what I say. Uh, so we're back at the podcast game. You know, we've got a lot of topics we want to talk about tonight. Uh, just real quick to go over. We're going to go. Talk about Leroy Keyes, who passed away uh, just this week. We're going to talk about the women's volleyball team, who actually is going to be playing in about a half an hour on ESPNU. Uh, This will be out after the game is over, so uh, we won't know the result as we're talking about it now. Uh, We're going to briefly talk about the Mr. Basketball race, where we've got some Boilermakers who – Came 1-2 in Indiana, Mr. Basketball this year, so that is great news. And then finally, we're going to touch on the NCAA lawsuit that was just at the Supreme Court. For those of you that don't know, I am an actual lawyer. I don't just blog for a living, so um, you will get my not – at all legally sanctioned uh views on this lawsuit and then we're going to end the podcast we're going to do it every uh every week we're going to end it with a recommendation may have to do with sports may have to do with anything else that we like uh and think other people should like so we're going to end with a recommendation we're going to go back and forth casey will do one one week i'll do one next Uh, We talked about it before we started, and we actually were going to say the same thing. So this is going to be a joint recommendation, but that's just a little tease for what you can look forward to at the end of the end of the podcast here. So to start out, you know, we're going to start on a sad note and then work toward our our happier things. Um, It was announced this past week uh, that Purdue legend uh, Leroy Keyes did pass away. It looks like he had been battling um, uh, cancer recurrence as well as some congestive heart failure. Um, So, you know, it's it's unfortunate. Purdue lost uh, a legend, one of the the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time at Purdue. Um, So, Casey, when you hear the name Leroy Keys, what is the first thing that comes to your mind with Purdue?
0: I mean, he's Purdue royalty. Uh, If there's a Mount Rushmore, he's on it. Uh, There probably hasn't been a better pure athlete that's come to campus uh, it was indicative of not just his college career, where he did a little bit of everything, led the NCAA's one year in touchdowns, but when he went to the NFL, he had a season where he played at running back and then four seasons where he played at strong safety. And you only can play both sides of the ball if you are one of the freakish athletes on the planet.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's such rarefied air. We're talking, I mean, in my lifetime, the only people who I can remember, you know, playing more than one position are are linemen who come in you know and catch a pass every now and then um you know they'll line up as a tight end um and catch an in zone pass and that's just you know for fun because everybody thinks it's funny when the fat guy scores a touchdown I mean can you think of any players in the modern NFL who actually were playing one position and switched to the exact opposite side of the ball
0: not off the top of my head probably not since I mean you had like your freaks like Deion Sanders or Charles Woodson that would play every now and again as a kind of gimmicky. Those guys were usually purely speed. And once again, some of the best athletes that have ever played the game Uh, keys, you know, to entirely transform to one side or the other just means he was so good that they wanted to get him on the field, no matter what position was Uh, in college. It went even further than that. You know, he led uh, the NCAA in touchdowns, like I said, but he was also just a, before his time freak where, like his junior year he had 900 over 900 yards running and then over 700 yards receiving while scoring 19 touchdowns threw for 3 of them like the the man could do absolutely anything on a football field
1: yeah and um there was actually we shared it on the Twitter account there was a really great post uh from the uh SI Vault uh that was that came out at the height kind of of, of Leroy Keys career you know give the ball to Leroy was give it to Leroy was what they they chanted in the crowd and um, there was actually a quote from uh, Jack Mollenkoff, who was the head coach at Purdue at the time um, talked about how you know they they just did whatever they could to get him on the field and get him the ball and he said something along the lines of and I'm going to butcher the exact quote but um, you know if if I had not put him out on offense they would have come from my head and I would have been leading the charge yeah so I mean. That just that just tells you everything you need to know about what Leroy Keyes uh, was capable of.
0: It takes a really talented player to make fans right, and head coaches smart actually, that <laughs> as well.
1: I I think the fans part is probably more accurate. You know, <laughs> coaches coaches get paid the money. You know, you hope they're right every now and then. You and I are just jerks in the, jerks in the crowd who yell things.
0: That's fair. Um, I do have a personal Leroy Key story. It's not very
1: good. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Hey, I have one too. Mine is also bad, but I'd love to hear it.
0: (laughs) So um, I'm a bit of an amateur golfer, and back when I was in Lafayette, uh, one of our favorite places to play was Battleground Golf Course. And he was out there almost every day that we played during the week. And uh, I do remember some frustrated looks any time that he was caught up behind a slow foursome, which I was playing (laughs) with a bunch of old guys, so it sometimes was us.
1: That's great. You know, I mean, you, you know, once you once you retire, you come back to the area where you're basically a legend. You can you can go anywhere, play golf, do anything. And I think he, he earned the right to give you the the stare down and like look at his watch <laughs> as he's waiting on the tee box.
0: Yeah. I just didn't um, want him to run through me like a defensive line. Oh,
1: I'm sure he still could at that age, too. <laughs> I mean, if you saw Leroy Keyes running at you, even in his, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, I'd get out of the way.
0: Yeah, thankfully I had a Purdue hat on, so he might have thought I was like blocking for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he was just going to tuck in behind you and, <laughs> and get up to the next tee. So, you know, for for those that don't know, and I'm probably you know assuming we keep this up, I'll probably mention this a time or two because I do have some stories myself. Um, I was an intern in the um, athletic department for a year, um, an unpaid intern for two years. I mean, and then a two year graduate assistantship. So, did you, you prefer know, I, the
0: unpaid or the paid? <laughs>
1: I, you know, oddly enough, the paid, uh, I don't How know what it was. Yeah. But
0: the experience.
1: Yes. Yeah. You can pay me an experience. <laughs> That'll help put food on my table. I have opinions about unpaid internships, folks. Huh? And if you'd like to know more, subscribe to my newsletter. I don't have a newsletter. Um, you know, it, as as a graduate assistant, you kind of get shoved into the corner and are like, hey, go do this, go fetch this for me, go get this person. But, you know, you get to wear a headset, so you look really, like, in, important. And one of the things for any anybody who knows Purdue football knows that Leroy Keys was was always around. Um, anytime you needed somebody to hand out a ceremonial football or, you know, do shout if someone had fallen through or, you know, wave to the crowd, get a little um, message recorded to put on the Jumbotron, Leroy Keys would do anything for you. And on more than one occasion, I, as the grad assistant, had to go fetch Leroy from, like, the crowd. And the hardest part <laughs> would be getting him getting him to stop talking to someone because oh. everybody knew who Leroy was. So when you're bringing him down to the field, everybody's like, Leroy! Hey, Leroy! Give the ball to Leroy! And, you know, he's always smiling waving, just the nicest guy, always smiling and waving. And you got to get him down to the field, and you're like you looking up at the clock, and you're like, okay, uh, there's a timeout at this point. I, I know there's going to be a timeout at this point. I have to get you down there. I have to get you down there now. So it's like, yeah. come on, come on, Mr. Keys, Come on, Mr. Keyes. He's like, call me Leroy. It's like, okay, Leroy, come on. <laughs> <So you're> like, <laughs> and, but, you know, everybody's stopping him. Everybody wants to shake his hand and be like, you know, I was at the game, and blah, 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 and I saw you. And it's like, okay, it, you know, I appreciate it. He's a great guy, but we've got to get down to the field, so – uh, you know, he, he was just one of those guys always had a smile on his face, always was ready to talk to you, always ready to tell you a story. So, you know, Purdue lost, Purdue lost a legend. And I think we'd be remiss if we didn't at least point out Casey, something you mentioned uh, before we started recording that, uh, on the hundredth anniversary of Purdue football, he was named, uh, voted, uh, the greatest Purdue football player, um, up to that point. And I, I think it's safe to say that if that vote were to happen again, uh, he would probably be number one. I mean, I think a lot of people would probably vote for Breeze um, just for sentimental reasons for what he he has done for the program. But I think just as a pure football player, you you'd have to vote for Leroy Keys.
0: Yeah, if you have a Bo Jackson that plays for you, you uh, you should probably vote for him.
1: Yeah, Breeze. Yeah, is, I mean,
0: Breeze is good, but he can't beat you up.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he, and Breeze isn't playing two ways, so that's true. Yeah,
0: I, I'm just surprised that the fans didn't show more respect to the greatest Purdue tradition of all time of shout.
1: the greatest purdue tradition of all time uh you know there are you read the stories from 40 years ago and uh shout was all they were about i mean you Mm -hmm. know they didn't care about what the product on the field was all about shout so um you know it's what our grandchildren will remember
0: i mean we had to I, i mean landing on the moon like that took a lot and like it took a lot to overstep that but thankfully we found shout
1: yeah I mean and that's why whenever you see people um on Twitter that's always you know that's always the number one comeback. Yeah, well, you never lived until you've seen Shout at Purdue.
0: Yeah, or shout you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what the kids are calling it at least. <laughs> you know, I've I've seen that hashtag numerous times. Um so we just want to say one more time, um you know, Purdue lost a legend. We're we're really going to miss what uh Leroy Keys can bring to the program, bring to the community and everything else. You know, he was a great man and And for all his loved ones out there, uh, we're very sorry for your loss, and and he's going to be missed. Well said. So now uh, moving on to current sports, we've got a uh, volleyball game tonight in about 20 minutes. Uh, The women's volleyball team is going to be in the – they're in the Sweet 16 because the way uh, volleyball does it, uh, they actually earned a first-round bye. Um, so they're the number seven seed. And what that means, uh, again, they don't do seeding the same way they do the men's NCAA basketball tournament. So Purdue is actually the seventh overall seed. Um, they don't do, you know, four, seven seeds, et cetera. Only so many seeds uh, are given, numbered, and then the rest of the field is just kind of filled in. Um, so Purdue actually takes on Oregon at 830 tonight. It's going to be on ESPNU. Um and Oregon is actually the number 16 seed. So uh, they are the last seeded team um, in the field. Purdue previously defeated High Point on Thursday in three sets. Um, and this is all taking place in Omaha, Nebraska. So it's kind of in their in their bubble, just like the men's uh, program or men's NCAA tournament was in Indianapolis. The women's volleyball is going to be in Omaha. So that will uh, tip tonight at eight thirty and hopefully we can get Purdue moving into the elite eight Um with uh dave shondell as the longtime head coach there one of just one of the nicest guys in uh the purdue program in the purdue athletic department and a really great twitter follow actually so um i i don't have a whole lot to add on that just because unfortunately i haven't been able to watch a lot of the women's volleyball team this year because um you just you know you you kind of have to look around for them before you can find them i just know Dave Shondell has built one heck of a program there. It's been good for years and years, and um they're just waiting for that breakthrough. You know, they've had it a couple times when they're when they're knocking on the door of the final four, but they've not yet gotten there.
0: Yeah, I mean he's about the only Purdue like athletic person that's worth a follow. It's pretty much it's him and the S I D. Oh, Foreman? Yeah, Foreman's about the only two personalities in any regards on Twitter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we get a lot of people on Twitter who are just like, come to the game, it's going to be great, we play X, you know, but...
0: Have we figured uh, out I what think... computer program writes Matt Paner's tweets?
1: <laughs> no. Because it's imagine... like Windows
0: 97, right?
1: I would imagine it might be his secretary. The first um, IBM? Yeah, it's DOS, actually, I think. Oh, okay.
0: The one that um, didn't make it to Jeopardy.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was Watson. That was Watson. Oh, See if I had if I had a co-host like um Aaron Rodgers, he would have known that.
0: Yeah. But then I that I don't understand how Rodgers could do Jeopardy and football. He says he could, but I feel like scheduling's a little more complicated than he made it, but it was worth it for well, that one joke.
1: Yeah, apparently they only film Jeopardy for like 40 days a year, so who knows? I'm sure it's one um,
0: convenient off-season block, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, you know if they get Aaron Rodgers I bet they'll make it work. So um back to volleyball though. Yes. I'll tell you. Um uh, did you did I mention that I worked in the Purdue athletic department? I I don't know if I've I've said that. Like, um, I
0: hear that almost as much as your lawyer.
1: Oh, okay, that's good to know. So the actual the first team I was assigned to uh the first teams were soccer Oregon? and volleyball. Oh. <laughs> no. The first teams I was assigned uh were soccer and volleyball. That makes more sense. Yes, it makes a lot more sense, and uh, you know, being inside uh, what they call the boiler box, um, which is where the the team plays at Purdue, is a really great experience. I mean, the fans in there are crazy. Uh, it's always it was always before they did the renovations. I think they have air conditioning in it now. Um, before they did the renovations, there was no air conditioning. They had you know, it's a very high ceiling, of course, because you're was playing it volleyball. Uphill both ways. It was uphill both ways. Okay. There was always snow, even in July. I <laughs> did. I was out. like, I was like, Dale, do you just like bust this in from Minnesota? He's like, I don't want to tell you my secrets. Um,
0: and that was on without... that was on Zenga.
1: yes, yes, that was on Zenga. Uh, he we used to play Farmville a lot together, actually. Ooh. Um, so yeah, they just had the giant fans up top in the ceiling that did basically nothing for you. So, you know, it took dedication to go in there and and be a be a volleyball fan but that place was always rocking so i always appreciated that and he he was always ready to help out always ready to do whatever he could to try to sell the team so i appreciate uh what dave shondell has built there and and i'm rooting for his team tonight at 8:30. 30 so
0: I, as a child the only like supreme prominence that i can remember is the women's women winning a uh, national championship in basketball yeah. I am fully supporting another women's program winning. I believe our women's uh, golf won one as well.
1: Yep, they did. Yeah. So,
0: like, we can be women, you. That would be amazing. I, I would, hey, I'm fine with yeah, that. I,
1: it, you bring me the national title, I don't mm-hmm. care what the sport is.
0: Yep. I, I just want something good to happen to us in a tournament yeah. setting. That would be, yeah. like, phenomenal.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, we'll we'll take whatever we can get, and we're certainly rooting for um, Shondell and the team tonight. So, uh, 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 go go beat those ducks.
0: Let me ask you this question, leading you into an answer, which I think is what all lawyers do. It um, depends. It... <laughs> is there there's a... gonna be
1: like? There's going to be like four lawyers who listen to this show, and are going to be like, "Perfect answer."
0: <laughs> is there a sport that is more fun to watch that you don't know anything about or watch regularly? than a volleyball
1: match no absolutely not right no
0: because no. like...
1: i mean it, so in high school um we started going to the to the volleyball games because uh someone had a crush on one of the volleyball players that's a true story um and we knew nothing about like the rules of high school volleyball and if it was different than like you and your jerk-off friends playing in the backyard or on the beach, you know? Yeah,
0: I still can't tell if they have to rotate or not, or if that's just, a, like, a <laughs> summer thing that we do.
1: <laughs> they they do rotate, but there are substitutions, and, okay. you know, there's a whole process. Gotcha. Um, But it, that's honestly when I started to love watching volleyball. I mean, it, it's the women, because I've only ever been to a place that has women's volleyball, so I apologize to the men. I've never watched you. I do um, not apologize. they're, they're so athletic. I mean, they're so skilled. They're so fast. And if you watch a, a high level women's volleyball game, I mean, the things that these women can do just diving all over the floor, you know, these, you watch these spikes and they get a dig and you're just like, I have no idea how you did that. The footwork
0: involved to properly jump up and spike a ball. Oh yeah. Is remarkable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if, If you're out there thinking, imagining, if you've never watched, if you're imagining volleyball like you and your friends in the backyard, you are so wrong, and I cannot implore you enough to watch a high-level women's volleyball game, volleyball match, because, I mean, it's incredible, the talent that they put out on the court.
0: Wholeheartedly agree. Also, effort just everywhere. Oh, yeah. Also, it really hurts to hit a volleyball.
1: Oh, yeah, and especially, I mean, if you're hitting it, it with with as much force yeah. and with it's coming at you with that speed that these these women can hit at I mean no uh, I'm not doing I'm not diving mm. in front of that nope no so right, let's go so, the makers. yeah good luck tonight uh hopefully when we uh post this tomorrow it will have been a victory and we will take all the credit <laughs> all right so moving into uh basketball which I'm sure is probably the sport that most of our listeners care about the most. I mean, it may be closer to football season, but you know, <laughs> well, there's your opinion. Uh, like it or not, you know, Purdue is a basketball school, and we did just get some good news um, this last week. Incoming Purdue recruit um, Caleb First was actually awarded Indiana Mister Basketball.
0: Oh, you're not uh, gonna you're not gonna say it. You're dad now. You're allowed to make the oh, joke.
1: Yes, Caleb First was first yeah. in the voting. Woo! Hold for applause. Three, two, one. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, and do you want to say who second place was, Casey?
0: Uh, Trey Kaufman Wren, also going to Purdue.
1: was just going to ask where he was going (laughs) to attend college. So uh, Casey and I did a little research. This is the hard-hitting stuff that you get when you pay for this podcast.
0: You did research, I remembered.
1: Well, that's fair, too. Uh, The last Indiana Mr. Basketball um, Purdue actually uh, recruited and had uh, come to the fine university uh, was 2015, Caleb Swanigan. And who got second that year, Casey?
0: I'm going to guess it's Ryan Klein.
1: That is correct. So in 2015, Purdue had the first and second place Mr. Basketball. And this season, 2021, Purdue also had the first and second place in Indiana Mr. Basketball. So I think it worked out pretty well when we had Biggie and Klein. Um, so can we expect a uh, similar result with with Mr. First and Mr. Kaufman Wren coming in next season, Casey?
0: I mean, I think even better because we have three Mr. Basketballs, well, two Mr. Basketballs and a runner-up now. Because we also have Ethan Morton, who won Mr. Basketball in uh, Pennsylvania. Right, that's true. Um, I do, because, you know, it's rare that. Not only are they both, you know, had great high school careers. They both come in with a top 40 pedigree, ranking-wise. Um, they're both high four-star players. Um, and despite, uh, they play the same position. They're a uh, they're somewhere between a hybrid four center and a wing. But they also have, you know, different complementary games. Uh, first is more of a down-low. Has a really, really quick, aggressive post-game. A little bit of a jump shot, but Trey Kaufman Wren is a long, talented, skilled four that is almost a prototype modern day four who can shoot and score and dunk and finish from anywhere. Um, They really get after it. Uh, He really got after it on the defensive end when he needed to. They're both state champions. There is a lot of like with both of those guys, and we have some openings with Aaron Wheeler uh, leaving the program. Uh, as a transfer headed over to St. John's.
1: I think that's right. Yeah.
0: yeah. St. John's St. Joe's See the Rensselaer or an actual basketball program. I'm not I
1: sure. I believe it's the actual basketball program. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I believe he's going to New York. <sighs> yes. That, which I mean, it's hard to argue with leaving West Lafayette for New York. I, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a great city.
0: It's, it's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad, but yeah, It'll be exciting to see some freshmen step in um, it, it, at, at times. It, I I don't know how much our offense was the problem this year. We really struggled with perimeter defense, but you're never going to argue about getting in two guys who have a higher ceiling on offense than what Aaron Wheeler has shown us. So yeah. to bring in two guys who the thing I'm most excited about, they really seem like guys that could play really well with Trey Williams and uh they're pretty long uh they're good rebounders especially first um, with Mason Gillis already there at the four it it probably sets up our big man rotation between Edie Williams those two and Gillis we have five guys that should be able to be pretty interchangeable um I think first will struggle a little bit on defense to start the year but uh, he really does I, I think have...
1: you could I think you can say that about most freshmen, though. I mean, it's rare that you yes. get a freshman who comes in and acclimates immediately to the to the pace of the game on defense, because sometimes on offense, you know, they, they catch up quicker because shooting is shooting, um, and, you know, if you're a good shooter, that's going to translate no matter the level, but uh, on defense, it can just be a whole other animal.
0: It absolutely can, and the one nice thing is he's pretty athletic and he has long arms. Um, he... Definitely if he develops can be the kind of guy who can really switch and defend at all positions. Um, he's a little bit more tough minded on the glass. Kaufman Ren's more of an offensive player. I w- I would just look out for first perhaps catching a red shirt. We've had a lot of those. Oh I last don't know about that. I'm just saying look out for it.
1: I you know, I actually I was gonna ask you if there was any chance one of these guys red shirts, but I thought it was a stupid question because I, I just don't see how it's possible.
0: Uh, So it's possible because we have such a deep team, even with Wheeler leaving. um, Because what we have are we have experienced guards. And I'm not sure where the minutes are going to come because Mason Gillis was really good for us. Yes. Um, Also, Edie and Trey are so good that we might have to consider playing them. It might be even more urgent than we had uh, Swanigan and Haas and Hammonds, and all those big guys. Trey's passing, I think, allows us to perhaps look at the two-center option more than we had to with Haas and everyone else, just because he is so dangerous at every level of the court. Yeah. And Edie is such a monster that I I don't know how we don't try to get both of those guys to play 25 minutes plus.
1: Right. I think uh, last season, I think we only did that one time, right? And it was... Only for maybe two minutes of play, if that.
0: Yeah, and I think we got a basket on every possession. <laughs> all, all I'm saying is Trey is a once-in-a-generational uh, offensive talent as a big man, and can pass. And Edie eats up so much space. Yeah, yeah. I don't know a Big Ten team that could guard the both of them.
1: No, and if and if Edie, I mean, obviously it was beated. It was beaten on every game, you know, how he's only yeah. played for a few years, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I hate to to mention that again, but it is true. And if he continues to grow and continues to improve in his game, it, it'll it be nearly impossible to keep him, like you said, off the floor, 25, 26, 30 minutes per game. And when you've got a player like him and a player like Williams, you've got to figure out a way to get them both on the floor. the The only thing I will say is – not the best part but it does help that one of them almost always is seemingly in foul (laughs) trouble so it takes a lot of the the thinking away from the coaching staff you know the they don't have to sit and say how are we going to get him his minutes because you know inevitably either trey or edie are going to get two fouls just like lightning quick so you can just throw the other one in and and hopefully with with reinforcements coming in should they both get two fouls we won't have to worry about throwing somebody out there who's going to get a quick third and then we're we're sitting there scared in the second half of getting fouls too quick and having to ride the bench for 15 minutes
0: yeah i it, it, the first thing on ed is he got so much better just from the start of his freshman season to the end which is the hardest time to get better
1: yeah yeah because that's usually when you're hitting the wall you yeah know, we saw it we saw it another freshman this year we even saw it an Um, who were asked to take on bigger roles. You know, you see their legs get tired and you see them kind of fall off as the season progresses. But Edie just seemed to just get better and better.
0: He couldn't, literally could not pass at the start of the season. (laughs) And towards the end, he was making whip outlet passes, uh, dribble handoffs, just, incredible the development he made and there were times he played trey off the court at the end of the game even though trey has consistently shown himself to be a remarkable late game post scorer. you can just run your whole offense through him in big 10 play
1: yeah yeah just a great decision maker
0: but the best thing about first and Kaufman ran is it will give us more versatility i think mason gillis is going to show up as a potential stretch five when we need to and we want to go real athletic and just, um, you know, if we ever get a problem where guards are just destroying us on little pick and rolls, maybe we just go five athletes on the court and switch
1: everything. Yeah, just a smaller lineup out yeah. there. Um, yeah, these these two do give us quite a few more options um, out there because I, I think when you look at what happened in the NCAA tournament, we, we need options when things aren't, aren't going well. You know, we need other people to put out there, whether that be someone who can – jump off the bench and and hit some shots as we we needed at times during that game or perhaps more importantly someone who can go in there and go toe-to-toe on defense and be disruptive and that's really what we what we lacked in a lot of that north texas game yeah
0: first and kaufman remind me a little bit of when we brought in scotty martin and robbie homel pretty much two players that played the same position each one slightly different than the other
1: let's (laughs) hope it ends up better
0: let's hope it ends up better
1: that did not work last um,
0: time. Yeah, I'm just saying, like it's it's weird to get two top 40 players at the exact same position at the exact yeah,
1: same time. Yeah, yeah uh, unless you're unless you're Tom Crean at IU, you, you're not going to get those players and then be like, I don't know where to play them. And then <laughs> you just you know you have seven of the same player and then nobody else can play the other positions. Yeah, if
0: it's going to come down to if Kaufman Wren can play the three, uh, if he can defend at the three level. I think that gives us a ceiling we didn't have last year, and okay. will lead us to our first Final Four under Matt painter I called this. I called this two and a half years ago, Ledman.
1: Oh my gosh, it's just, it's getting hot.
0: I, I I I called the Elite Eight run with the Carson climb.
1: You team. did. You did. I. And wait, hold on. I got to push back because you told me you guaranteed me Sweet that this, this team year. would go to the Sweet Sixteen, and I yeah. pushed back the entire year. And then at the end of the season, you convinced me. <laughs> and and there was a there was a post on the site where I said it was like, in, what is your NCAA tournament predictions? And I said, I even said in the post, I was like, Casey convinced me. He said Sweet Sixteen. I've been listening to him. I'm buying in. <laughs> and then what happens? First round exit. So let's not pretend you're infallible here.
0: I, I am definitely infallible. Um. Uh,
1: so I think I think you mean you're fallible.
0: Sure, you said that, not me.
1: I I think you might be mixing up the words here.
0: Yes, I am fallible.
1: There you go.
0: Um, I, I I think we have two pressure points for the season, and it's going to come down to can Kaufman wren play the three, and if we can, we can make the other pressure point moot, which is Sasha's defense in an NCA tournament. Yeah, he's yeah, played that was, in two that
1: was really exposed. He's really played exposed.
0: in two tournament runs. And it was a North Texas game where he got played off the court, and the Virginia Elite Eight where he played. I think it was like a minute and a half, and Kyle Guy may have scored fourteen points, and he got put to the bench. That was his freshman year. That's fine.
1: Those but numbers he, might not be accurate. I, I don't know.
0: It certainly felt like fourteen points, Ledman.
1: In was, a minute and a half. I. It felt like it. That's like a Papa shot number.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of what our defense looked like with him on the court.
1: No, that's true. That's so. True.
0: He's either got to make a whole lot of improvements, or Kaufman has to take over that three, and Newman. Well, I mean, we don't even need Newman at that point. Like, if Kaufman wren can be the player, he's shown himself that he becomes a three. All of a sudden, we got to choose between Hunter, Ivy, Sasha, and Newman to only fill two spots.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that makes me are, feel pretty good. good, good.
0: Have. Yeah, yeah, that makes me yeah. feel really good.
1: Okay, so what I'm hearing is that having the two best players in the state of Indiana come to your university is good. good. Yes. Okay. We should do that more all the time, which we've done it
0: more than any other school in the program for in the state for sure.
1: Well, all right. I think we should keep doing that then we'll see what happens. So on to our final topic of the night, you may have seen, uh, at the end of last month, the NCAA was before the Supreme court. And, uh, that is not really something that happens too often. Um now I am aware of this. <laughs> Wait, was that supposed to be law and order? Yeah, I got it wrong. It? I could never remember okay. it. Dun dun. There it is. Oh, it's only two. Um, That's right. Yeah. Unless you're doing the whole the whole song, then it's dun 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 dun. So
0: this is what you study when you guys are studying for the bar exam.
1: Yeah, this is, you know, the whole law school is basically you just watch episodes of Law and Order and then you discuss them.
0: That makes so much more sense.
1: Yeah, you'd be amazed what you can learn, especially on SVU. I mean, there's just a lot going on.
0: Perfect. So I think I'm going to cross-examine you over this MCA lawsuit then.
1: Okay. All right. What All right. do you think? I've got. Do you, do you even, if, if I ask you right now. Give me a 30-second rundown of what this case is about. Could you tell me?
0: Oh, absolutely not.
1: Okay. That's what I figured. That's what I figured.
0: Yeah, but we're here to find that out, so we okay. all can all afterwards. Right. Okay. My first question, literally written down in ink beforehand.
1: Ooh, in ink. That's how you know it's serious.
0: Can you explain the lawsuit?
1: I can. Perfect. Okay. So it it's really similar to a lawsuit you've probably heard of if you're, if you're a baseball fan. So – Years ago, there was no free agency in baseball. Um, players were owned, in quotes, uh, by by teams.
0: Travis so, and three other people are
1: nodding. <laughs> well, hey, it's America's pastime. Just because you hate it. Yeah, the time has passed. I I know. Look, hey, I like it. I understand. A lot of people think it's boring, including my wife. Um, my but
0: wife.
1: My, yes. You know that's coming back with the sequel. Of course it is. Uh, So, in essence, once you signed a contract with a team, you were you were theirs until they didn't want you anymore. There was no contract negotiation of, hey, if you don't resign me, I'm going from the Tigers to the Reds. There was none of that. It was, I'm owned by the Reds. The Reds can pay me what they want because I signed a contract. Some of these words seem
0: triggering.
1: Yeah, that's kind of. The point. Yes. So they they there was a lawsuit. The players basically sued and said, "Um, you know what's going on? We're we're employees, but we don't have any of the rights of employees." So they basically were told um, the MLB was given an antitrust exemption. So they're they're basically allowed to break the rules of of antitrust in order to come to basically a compromise to say the players have more or less freedom of movement from one team to another. And that was the creation of free agency. That was how players were able to go uh, from one team to another and really kind of allowed players to actually make more, more money. Um, It's kind of how it started. So but now, yes.
0: Student athletes are student athletes, not employees. It's a very (laughs) important distinction.
1: There are few things that very the important does that make me angrier than the term student athletes. Which do they not student the
0: history, and do they not athlete? I I Are you coming for the hyphen?
1: I'm coming for the hyphen. God damn it! So, for those of you that don't know the history of the term student athlete, it was created in basically a room of rich university presidents uh, to figure out a way to not play pay workers' compensation claims for the athletes, because the argument was, well, they're not employees, they're students. Mm. So they're students first, athletes second. So we're not responsible for them. So the term student athlete was created that way and has stuck ever since.
0: You mean it was a PR stunt this whole time?
1: More or less, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm probably being meaner than I need to be because I think the NCAA is a corrupt bunch of jack wagons, but
0: Yes, yeah, so let's please uh, protect their yeah dignity.
1: So, in essence, in this case, you've probably heard about um, you know NCAA athletes can now get a cost of living uh, amount of money. You know they they get that in addition to their scholarship now. Well, basically, all these NCAA schools came together and said, "Well, okay, if we have to do this now, we're only going to pay X." So you can only get X dollars regardless of what school you go to, and some of the athletes are like, well, that doesn't seem right. Why Why does one group get to decide what happens at Michigan and Penn State and UCLA and USC um, and Alabama? So they basically said this kind of sounds like price-fixing and anti-competitive. That sounds like a lawyer term. Yeah. So – that was the argument that that the the athletes kind of brought up and brought to the Supreme Court. They won at the lower court, um, and, and the the decision was basically, yeah, you can pay more than that. You you can't really set an arbitrary limit like that. Um, go ahead. So, the NCAA uh, is arguing that oh no, it's amateurism. You know if. If one of the arguments, and this is a real argument, I'm not making this up, I'm not being hyperbolic in any way. One of the arguments the NCAA put forth was that if you pay athletes, it will take away what many people love about <laughs> college athletics, is that the athletes aren't paid. Could you imagine it's being true. a fan? Could you imagine being a fan and being like, I only watch this because they don't get paid?
0: Lenman, it ruins it for me. If the popcorn in my hand costs less than the players on the court,
1: I just, I I can't root. I can't cheer. (laughs) You know, I actually, when that happened, I was like live, live tweeting on the, on the Hammer and Rails account about what was going on. And I, I put up a Twitter poll of why do you watch college sports? And one of the options was because they don't get paid. Literally people voted for it and replied and said, that's one of the reasons I watch it. What? And, and I just wanted to reach into the computer and be like, but why? I Is there like an intern fetish? Like, I, I don't know. I, it, I guess this all comes full circle, talking about unpaid internships, and now we come back to this. Yeah. And before people in the comments go crazy and say, but they get an education. Okay. Have you ever been a student athlete? You know, oftentimes they're pushed out of the majors they really want to do. Because that would be too hard to do the sport and get the education at the same time. Yeah, they have advantages. They have training tables. They have uh, tutors. They have a lot of good things. But you know what? They need those things because so much of their time is taken up by the sport. So don't come at me with the they get a free education. Right. Also, like, it's it's
0: not even, like, close to free. They Their services are making money. For the oh, university,
1: tons of money.
0: So, even if you're gonna say that yeah, they give this compensation, that compensation does not even come close to what they offer the university and NCAA and ESPN and CBS Sports and everything. So, if you want it to be a free market about what it's what, like the money shift is not even close to even.
1: No, no, and I mean, and in fact, that was brought up because. Uh, the NCAA talked about how, well, you know, if we go down this road, what eventually it'll escalate. It may be, you know, five thousand now, but in two years it'll be ten thousand, then twenty thousand, then thirty. And you know, they're talking about that. And one of the one of the justices, I can't recall who, said, Well, does this apply to coaches' salaries? <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm doing
0: a quick Google search. It does not.
1: Yeah, yeah it does not. Um, the, I believe there actually was a another lawsuit that made it so college coaches could basically make whatever they wanted, whatever the market deemed appropriate, and that's how you get coaches that make three, five, seven, Hi nine coach Brum. million a year. Um, so the arguments that the NCAA brought up just kept getting shot down one after another, and this was not – um, you know i'm not trying to wade into politics here, but this was not a liberal justice conservative justice kind of situation it didn't matter which which president appointed him it does not matter which party the the justice you know associates with. It was more of uh yeah, that's a bad argument, and i'm gonna go on a long soliloquy soliloquy about why and ultimately they just kept getting smacked down um but and i this goes back to my it depends answer from earlier. Anybody who pays attention to the Supreme Court will tell you not to read too much into oral arguments just because you never know what can happen once the justices get behind closed doors. So the the consensus seems to be that they may just leave the lower court ruling in place, which would be like the most narrow of results. But it would be for the athletes. Um, and really, that's all the athletes are seeking. Uh, the the lawyer for the athletes was asked, you know. What do you look at? What's what's going to be the end result of this? Are are you worried that if we go down this road, we will destroy college sports? Because obviously, you know, the justices, whether whether you agree with their stances or not, they often will throw real life politics and real life um, issues into it because they understand that what they decide does have a real world impact. So could you imagine if the case was literally about ending college athletics, if there were five justices who were like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll just, just do that. Those people would never be able to show their face in public. There would be angry Alabama fans poisoning their trees. I mean, or was that an Auburn fan? I think that was, I can't remember, <laughs> but, uh, I think it was an Alabama fan poison the trees, right? It um, sounds like
0: the best move for IU basketball.
1: Yeah, it it does. It's, you know, Oh, we can't do it anymore. They, uh, Supreme Court says it's done. Banners. Uh, no, we had to take those down. We had to take those down. Banners. Um, so, so I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. It's not going to come out for another couple months because of the way the Supreme Court handles everything. You know, they they do. That these was cases. my
0: next question. What is the timeline that we're going to? Yeah, they, actually, see change.
1: So, because it's the Supreme Court and it's. You know, run by nine people who we never really get a full idea of what they do or what they think. We don't know when it's going to come out. Um, they're in a, you know, they finish their docket for the year and they go into their their writing sessions and they go into their their meetings where they decide who's going to write what and um, what the vote is. You know, five four six three seven two nine zero oh, whatever. Um, and then it's assigned to someone to write it. They then go, they write it, they come back, they review it. Oh, I agree with this, I agree with that, take out that, blah, blah, blah. Whatever they have to do to keep those five votes so they have a majority. But then they come out during you know, the end of the session. We know when the end of the session is, but we don't know in what order the cases are released. We don't know really when the opinions will come out. They just, one random Wednesday, two months from now, You'll see those pictures of interns from the news networks holding up pieces of paper, you know, shaking them as they run.
0: Those get fully work.
1: Yeah, thank you. Over to get them on TV so that they can figure out what they are because no one knows. I mean, it'll be two to three months from now, and we'll find out, but no one knows for sure.
0: Okay. So in two to three months, we will no longer be able to root for college athletes because they can afford breakfast.
1: That's right. That's right. I'm – we'll probably be folding this podcast uh, at that time, and we'll probably just get rid of hammer and rails. I bet SB Nation probably going to go under too. Perfect. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. So that was a long-winded explanation for one question, but we just went with it. Hey,
0: you went to law school for a long time, not, not to yeah. be succinct.
1: I did. I did. That. You know, I – I should really figure out how I can get my hourly rate on this podcast. Ooh,
0: charge that to Travis, not me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I charge everything to Travis. Good, good, good. Yeah, he, I mean, he did just buy a new car.
0: We'll see if he listens to this. Sure. Currently, I cannot get the Purdue game working on my phone, so no live well, update. We'll,
1: all right, well, well, we'll wrap this up with our last, last thing here. We do, like I said, we're going to try to end this each week with a recommendation, and it's not always going to be sports-related. Um, probably be pop culture-related. Uh, To be quite honest, but we're going to see what it is and we're going to rotate. Casey will do one. I'll do one. But like I said, this week we actually talked about it and we have the same recommendation. So I will let Casey start uh, and then I will hop in.
0: All right. So pretty much it comes down to this last year sucked for everyone. Um, Pretty much there's been no joy. We've been locked in our house. We've been afraid we've been dying. And there has only been one one universal, agreed-upon uh, taste of happiness, and it's just Ted Lasso. That's all there is.
1: Absol- absolutely. It's from
0: the writer of Scrubs, Bill Lawrence.
1: Bill Lawrence, what a genius that uh, man is.
0: It's just, yeah, like, just everything about it is unbelievable. Jason Sudeikis is, is amazing. Oh, it, absolutely. It is as funny and as wholesome, as good-hearted. We don't deserve it we didn't earn it this last year, but there it is anyway. And if you haven't watched it, go watch it and you will, like it's, it's all the joy that's left in the world.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we, in fairness, I've got one episode left. Um, Probably two because my wife actually fell asleep during the second episode we watched last night. So we're probably gonna have to watch that one again before we get to the final. Um, But Ted Lasso is on Apple TV. I don't, I'm not sure if you said that or not. Um, There's, there's only one season so far, and you may remember it because it used to be a commercial. Um, there was a commercial that this whole thing is based on um, of Jason Sudeikis being this coach, and they were hilarious commercials. Um, and apparently Olivia Wilde, his not-quite-wife, but now they've broken up, uh, was the one that was like, no, you could. this could be a show, um, and kind of helped push him to do it. So we have Olivia Wilde to thank for this. Um, I have and, a lot to thank. Yes. A while. Um, so, I just have to kind of echo what Casey said. It is so beautiful, this show. It's joyous. It's fun. You'll laugh. You'll smile. You will cry yeah. um, if you're anything like me. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think there's been at least three episodes where I've cried, whether they were tears of joy or just, like, all of the emotions. So, Ted Lasso just brings me great joy and it is worth subscribing to Apple TV just to get this Apple TV plus, I guess is technically what it's called. Um, but it, it just brings me so much joy. I can't wait to finish it. And Casey informed me today that actually it's already renewed for seasons two and three Dose
0: seasons. So Morrow.
1: I cannot wait. Um, it, it makes me smile just thinking about it.
0: You're not even done with it. Oh, it's so
1: good. Oh, I know. I, I got one episode left, and like I said, Jess fell asleep during the the episode we watched last night, which is uh, the penultimate episode. And I was like, I was watching it, and I turned, and I was like, oh man, she's asleep. Do I stop watching or do I keep going? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, how much time is left in this episode? I think there was like 15 or 20 minutes left, and I was like, I'm definitely gonna finish.
0: You gotta, you just gotta finish while, while being in a position where you could feign like you were asleep. If she woke up,
1: <laughs> right? Be like, oh man, did we get through that whole episode? Yeah, oh cool. no! Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm very excited to finish it tonight, but I'm also going to be very sad that it's over and I have to wait for new episodes. They've so. already
0: started filming, Ledman. They've been filming okay, for about a month,
1: good. so
0: it will be on the docket coming up soon. Uh live breaking right now, Purdue is up thirteen to six in the first set.
1: All right. That's good news. All right. So we are probably gonna hop off here. That is gonna be it for us on this episode one of this rebranded uh hammer and rails podcast, the Andrew and Casey edition. We may call it the Casey and Andrew edition. we are we're, we're still workshopping whose name goes first. Um, but we'll see. You know, so from Casey and from myself. Everybody, boiler up and let's hammer that subscribe button.
0: Barbecue sauce.